Welcome to the Catholic Foodie Show. I'm Jeff Young, your host, the Catholic Foodie. You can find more Catholic culinary inspiration to inspire you to grow in your faith over at catholicfoodie.com. Today is Lundy Gras. Today is, uh, which may sound strange to you, you know, I'm, I'm down here in New Orleans and uh, with Mardi Gras, of course, everybody knows about Mardi Gras. Well, Lundy Gras is Fat Monday. <laughs> Mardi Gras being Fat Tuesday, Lundy Gras the day before Fat Monday. You know, we have been in carnival season since January 6th and uh, it is coming to a wrap here in just a couple, in just a day and a half, you know, or, or, yeah, about a day and a half. Uh, the end at midnight, Mardi Gras night, tomorrow night, midnight, it all comes to an end. And uh, we begin uh, Lent, Ash Wednesday, the next day, kicks off Lent. Uh, but we have been in, I guess you'd say, um, intense, intense celebration here in New Orleans of carnival season just the last couple of weeks. Uh, for about two weeks, two weekends in a row straight, uh, right before uh, Mardi Gras or Fat Tuesday, we have uh, huge parades, a lot of parades in different areas of the city. Uh, and. We are actually, right now, uh, I'm in the van, I'm driving, I'm with my family. You are listening to this, to this on Lundy Gras, Fat Monday, but uh, I'm taking you with me on Sunday to two of our favorite parades. We're headed there right now. Thought it'd be a lot of fun for you to join along, to listen, to get a, a taste of what this Mardi Gras thing is all about. So right now we are driving across the Causeway Bridge. Causeway Bridge is, at least at, at one point, was the largest or longest bridge in the world, 24 miles long. It spans uh, Lake Pontchartrain in New Orleans. It connects what we call the North Shore to the South Shore. South Shore being New Orleans. And uh, we're heading across right now to catch two of our favorite parades. We have a lot of history here. Uh, there is the Toth Parade, which is a daytime parade. It starts rolling at noon, and then Bacchus follows. So right now, a uh, part of the family is going to join me here on the show, my lovely wife, Charlene. Hello. <laughs> and my son, my 16-year-old son, Christopher. Hey, everybody. So uh, we're here today, and we're going to be talking about Toth and Bacchus, maybe a little history of Mardi Gras, or, or these parades at least, and why we like these parades so much. Perhaps some stories from the past, and then uh, a little bit later, in segments two and three, you're actually going to hear us on the parade route as those floats are going by to really get a taste of what of what these parades are like. It's a, it's a very family-friendly, family-oriented uh, event, despite what the media tends to portray about Mardi Gras around the country. So uh, let's kick off. Let's, let's learn a little bit about this uh, Toth Parade. Toth is a kind of a strange name, T-H-O-T-H. Uh, it's named after an Egyptian uh, god. And uh, that what a lot of the, the, the parades are named after either uh, Greek or Roman uh, gods, and in this case, Egyptian uh, and we we don't we can go into detail as to why that's the case and, and all of that, but bottom line is, it's all for fun, right? It's all for fun. So we talk about Toth. What are we talking about, Charlene? Well, I'll give you a bit of history about the crew, which is the organizing uh, group. All of the parades here have crews, and that's K-R-E-W-E. Founded in 1947, the crew of Toth is named for the Egyptian patron of wisdom and inventor of science, art, and letters. 
The crew's original parade route was designed specifically to serve people who were unable to attend other parades in the city. The route passes in front of 14 institutions that cared for people with disabilities and illnesses. Now, with over 1,600 riders and 50 floats, Toth continues with a unique route designed to pass in front of several extended health care facilities. And that's one of the things we like about Toth. Um, it's, it's a really long, long parade. 50 floats is just immense. And some of these floats are multi-level. So you have, you know, two stories of riders. And because the big parade tonight is Bacchus, um, it follows a more traditional route. Toth starts much further uptown, and we're going to position ourselves in an area that this is the only parade passing this route. So people who are stationing themselves for the day are going to be further uh, downtown, um, you know, where they're going to be able to catch every parade. We're going to be in a little section that is strictly um, going to catch this one parade toth. But 50 floats is like a long, long time. We will be there for hours. Um and, and that and that's the thing too. And if you've never been to Mardi Gras, you have to understand that it's not it's not just. I mean, these floats are essentially uh, rigs, right? It's the the back end of a uh, eighteen wheeler that has been modified very creatively and artistically, uh, and and they are turned into uh, works of art. You know, moving works of art. They're pulled by tractors. Uh, and they go pretty slowly through the through the city. These big tractors pull them. Uh, but it's not just a float. You've got marching bands. You have uh, other types of uh, walking crews uh, that will, you know, still hand out doubloons or or throw beads or give out candy or moon pies or or whatever it may be. And, and so you have a lot of activity, a lot of different things that are happening. During the parade, it's not just the floats coming by. However, the most exciting part <laughs> is when the floats go uh, go rolling by, huh? Right. Well, actually, I'm looking on our parish uh, app right now because our parochial vicar will be riding in Toth. And usually riders, um, what they do when they have friends, they'll say, I'll be on, we call it the sidewalk or the neutral ground side, they give you the float number so you can look for people you know. So you can, you know, they'll load you down uh, with with beads and balloons or stuffed animals or whatever special um, throws they have. Typically, these different um, crews are known for particular throws. So. Um, I forgot what totes are, but um, for example, Bacchus obviously has a particular bead with a, um, it has the year on it and it has, you know, grapes. And some of them are just, you know, super cool and, uh, you know. And they're pretty, and they're pretty. And Bacchus, by the way, Bacchus is the Greek god of wine. And that's why uh, often associated with, you know, wine glass, wine bottle, uh, grapes, that kind of thing. Now, whenever we have a parade, whenever we oh, a Roman god, my son is correcting me. Thank you, Christopher. Uh, Bacchus is a Roman god. Uh, whenever we have a parade, the, the, the uh, what do you call it? The, uh, the floats kind of go by and there is something that you always have to say. It's kind of traditional. What, what, do, what do you have to say, Christopher? 
Um, well, Bacchus has. Uh, <laughs> well, what, no, no. When, when you're wanting to, to catch something in the the. Oh, is there anything I want to catch? Um, no, no. Listen to my question. <laughs> this is my son is 16. So sometimes I think he's uh, uh, listening challenged here. When the parades go by, there's something traditional that we say when you want to catch bees, you say. Everyone says, uh, throw me something, mister. That's right, because traditionally the, the floats were all male. And so you're, you're talking to these you know, men who are riding the floats. You say, throw me something, mister. Well, they sometimes throw out big packs of beads, and sometimes they just throw singles. And uh, I really like it, Bacchus. Like every year, uh, some, they have like a different design on the uh, on the special bead. And then at uh, Toth, they have a different doubloon every year because there's a theme for uh, every Mardi Gras parade. Every Mardi Gras parade has a uh, different theme, like um, and a different king too. And uh, uh, they have a special doubloon for the king of the parade, like for Bacchus. They had uh, Hugh Laurie one year, and uh, I can never remember who the king of Toth is. But uh, Toth is normally uh, the theme is something academic. Yeah, because it's uh, associated with wisdom. And uh, there's a uh, there was a great I saw a, a, a little segment on the news the other day kind of talk about the the history of a couple of these parades Toth uh, and Bacchus I'm going to try to find that and play that a little bit later in the show uh, but you know the thing is and I wanted to, to, to state this kind of for the record I may have mentioned this in the show uh, before but you know Mardi Gras gets a bad rap I think around the country because the media portrays it as just absolute total debauchery you know people doing all kind of stuff in the French Quarter on Bourbon Street all that uh, craziness uh, and I can say that the only time, only time that I've ever been uh, on Bourbon Street during Mardi Gras, on Mardi Gras Day, was when I went down there for the Catholic Channel <laughs> on Sirius XM uh, to join Lino Rulli uh, in his show, The Catholic Guy, a couple years back. Uh, they were doing a live, uh, live production, uh, I think it was Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday from uh, the French Quarter right there on Bourbon Street. They stayed at the Inn on Bourbon. And uh, with a balcony and everything, kind of crazy, right in the middle of all the chaos. But, you know, when you look at Mardi Gras overall, the first, it started, first of all, because it was something that was uh, – it was for families. It was for people, just regular people, regular families. Maybe it's gotten out of control over the years in certain areas. Most, most sane people don't go into the French Quarter on Mardi Gras Day or during the big parades because there's so many people down there you cannot – decide which direction you're going to walk. You walk. It's like being in the ocean and the current takes you. That's how it is. Matter of fact, in order to prevent uh, uh, injury, they grease the light poles so that nobody can climb them. It's pretty crazy. Anyway, you are listening to The Catholic Foodie Show here on Breadbox Media. I'm Jeff Young, your host, The Catholic Foodie. We do have to take a break, but we will be back in just a minute. Stay tuned. Catholic Foodie Show here on Breadbox Media. Your host Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie, and uh, so excited. We're doing something different today, folks. We are out actually right here 
on the parade route. This is uh, the Toth Parade. Uh, we, we refer to, and as I mentioned in the last segment, uh, you're listening to this on Monday, Lundy Gras, but uh, I wanted to bring you along with me on a parade here in New Orleans if you've never been able to go to Mardi Gras before. Sunday typically is called Bacchus Sunday because Bacchus is the big uh, parade in the uh, in the evening. Uh, but Toth, Toth is a daytime parade. It starts uh, rolling at noon. And that's where we are right now. Uh, my wife, my kids, uh, some friends of ours down here on the Prairie Route. Magazine Street in New Orleans. A uh, lot, of, lot of fun. A uh, lot of people here. You know, a lot of people. And Mardi Gras, if you haven't been to a Mardi Gras parade before, uh, I mentioned in the last segment that uh, Mardi Gras kind of gets a bad rap in the media. You know, a lot of times, uh, what is it, bad news makes makes good news or bad news uh, spreads fast. You've heard expressions like that. I think that happens a lot when it comes to uh, Mardi Gras. You get a lot of reporting on the national uh, news regarding Mardi Gras that may take place in the French Quarter, Bourbon Street in particular, uh, seen as a, a place of just total debauchery. Now, I'm not saying that there's not a lot of people out here drinking and having a good time, uh, but people aren't stupid drunk, falling all over the place, getting sick, and uh, nobody over here at this part of the parade uh, is taking their clothes off, you know? <laughs> and I uh, can't, can't necessarily say that's not happening in some places in the the French Quarter, but I, I tend to think, and, and, and having spoken to folks who are from uh, New Orleans, uh, you know, year after year after year with, with all the stuff going on, we have um, uh, a lot of the folks that are down there in New Orleans, in the French Quarter, doing things like that, uh, typically aren't locals, you know. Uh, Mardi Gras draws a crowd from all over the world. It's amazing. Right now, we have one of our, our, our favorite, most favorite uh, walking uh, crews coming. It's called the 610 Stompers. Uh, you may have heard of them. They were on Good Morning America, I believe it was, a few weeks back around Thanksgiving time. They were also in the Macy's Day Parade. I'm not real sure that those New Yorkers knew what to expect. These guys are hysterical. Ordinary men, extraordinary moves. That is the uh, the logo, the slogan there that they have. Uh, dressed in like 1970 these sport like coach shorts coaches shorts with uh, like red little uh, windbreaker uh, high 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 um, what do you call those uh, knee socks you know with the stripes of sports socks and uh, head, b- bandanas and all that they do synchronized dancing it's, it's hysterical there's probably I don't know uh, 150 200 of these guys uh, all lined up in the road here they're passing right now you can probably hear them in the back in the background a lot of music playing dancing Ordinary men, extraordinary moves. <laughs> That's a lot of fun. That's a lot of fun. There they go. There they go. Anyway, a friend of mine and I, uh, Robert Simpson, have kind of joked, somewhat joked, over the last couple of years about doing this, you know. But to, to do something like this, just like it is riding in a parade, it's a huge commitment. You know, you, you actually have to audition to show that you can dance badly, you know. <laughs> And, and you also have to have the, the commitment to be a part of all the extra stuff they do. It's not just Mardi Gras. Like I said, back in uh, Thanksgiving time, they were up in New York, and uh, they went to perform uh, the Macy's uh, Day Parade, Thanksgiving Day Parade. Uh, they've, they've been on Good Morning America. They've done other things. They do things throughout the year, whether it's a halftime show for football, national football, uh, NFL. Um, they've done other, other types of, of activities, too. So it's a commitment. It's not just... 
uh, a one week or two week event and not to mention those different events then but when you talk about Mardi Gras they are in actually many parades several parades so it's not just one or two they're in a bunch of different parades so that's a lot of walking that's a lot of walking that they do we have another big uh, float that's coming by right now again this is the Toth Parade this float is titled uh, Things with Wings and uh, all these guys dressed up you can't see their faces I'm going to have pictures uh, over at catholicfoodie.com you'll be able to see uh, what what these floats look like uh, what these guys on these floats look like like all dressed up, very colorful. The traditional Mardi Gras colors of, of purple, gold, and green, uh, and they are they just throw plastic beads. One of the things I've heard as I have traveled, and yeah, I was at a, I went to school at Steubenville Franciscan University for a while, and one of the things I heard from them right, when I was up there, people would say, "Oh yeah, we, we have this this parade, that parade, you know, at, in, in our uh, hometown." But I don't get this. You're saying at Mardi Gras they throw things from the float? What? What? It, isn't that dangerous? <laughs> well, this is just kind of how we do it, you know. And it's always been done this way. They they throw uh, plastic bees, colorful plastic bees, frequently. Again, those uh, traditional Mardi Gras colors of purple, gold, and green. Uh, but not always. You've got other types of things too. Uh, they usually all the big parades like Toth, Bacchus, Rex, Zulu, all of them. They will also do a, uh, a special doubloon, right? Like like a, a little, usually some kind of inexpensive metal, aluminum, something like that. Uh, doubloon uh, that that's special for that year. So it'll have the year on there. It'll have probably the the king of whatever parade that is, whatever crew it is. It could also have on there uh, the the theme, whatever the theme is for um, for that particular that particular year. And sometimes, as is happening right now I got a float a couple of floats that are actually stuck right here in front of me because the traffic gets backed up I think you may have heard uh, the first segment my wife was uh, Charlene was going over the some of the history of Toth and that she said it's it's um, 50 floats right it is 50 floats uh, which is a big deal and it's a long parade it's a big parade but sometimes because of that and we're doing the, just the, the the very narrow streets of New Orleans a lot of times they'll have traffic jams, right? You get backed up. Even though all the streets are closed to traffic, it's just the, the parades themselves, the floats themselves will get backed up over time. And that's what happens. And, and if you're in the crowd, like I am right now, this is a great time when they're stuck in front of you. They have nothing to do but to throw. <laughs> <laughs> throw beads and, and whatever. Now, this, this parade this year, it very, very, um, uh, it's a lot of fun for us because my uh, the associate pastor at our parish, the parochial vicar, Father Peter Finney, is um, actually riding this parade. He is going to be on float 22, and he's, he loves Mardi Gras. We, this is something, we have a, an app for the parish, uh, St. Peter uh, Catholic Church. It's an app. You can find it in the uh, app store on iTunes. Um, we're probably the only church app in the country that has a section devoted to like the history of Mardi Gras, the parade schedule, all of that. So if you want, you can go to iTunes and download that. It's for it's free, and you can maybe read up a little bit on the history of Mardi Gras. But Father Peter 
I remember a year or two ago, he was uh, he didn't ride in a particular float, but he was one of the flambeaux. He, they have guys who for those night parades that will carry these big torches as kerosene, and they're they're these huge. I mean, it's a, to me at least, it's a dangerous thing because you're getting soaked in kerosene. You carry this this flame. Uh, it's kind of scary, but it's just so cool, and it kind of gives you a, a a little peek into the history of what life was like before electricity, and that they would use these things to light the way in the streets, this flambeau they call them. So very cool. So he is like really into getting into the nitty gritty experience of Mardi Gras, riding in the Toad Parade today. So uh, that's that's exciting. He it, Right now we are experiencing a little uh, lull, and, and sometimes when that happens, and they, they don't want to throw everything uh, as they're passing, so they may take a little break and then, then uh, stop throwing as much and then start throwing again once they start rolling the parade starts rolling again but you know to be in a uh, to be in the parade to actually ride on a float is, is a commitment now I talked about the 610 stompers earlier they're named after the uh, the interstate here is the I-10 and then one of the uh, I guess diversions one way around the city is called the 610 so the I-10 610 split that's that's where they get their name from the 610 stompers we kind of joke because my little baby girl who is almost eight months old now was born on June 10th so we said well you know 610 we're gonna have to get the 610 stompers to come to her birthday party every year do a little dance you know be kind of fun uh but to to be in a parade to actually be in a crew is a commitment because you've got uh a number of things that happen you've got to uh you have dues to pay right because all this stuff is it's nice and all it's the greatest free show on earth but guess what there's nothing free in uh, the world you know nothing's free in life and it all costs money so you gotta you gotta pay dues and then you also have to uh, pay for your throws so there are stores warehouses here in New Orleans that sell all these uh, plastic beads they sell um, the costumes you gotta buy the costumes uh, that you wear because they all are synchronized here they, they're all uh, it, there's a of a pattern uh, each crew so they have to have their costume they have to have the throws whether it's the balloons and you get to go in and shop and pick what you want right there's a lot of a lot of the guys will do stuffed animals for the kids and there's a lot of things you can do but it all costs money I know people who ride every year have friends of mine who ride every year and they spend thousands of dollars to uh, to participate in this event every year but if you think about it a lot of it is um, it's it's for the community Right. This is something that builds community. It's something that is for the general public. And to participate in this, to actually be a part of it and make that contribution monetarily yourself is is a way of helping. First of all, it helps the economy, but it also does help uh, the city. It helps the people. It brings us closer together. And that's one thing I think you notice about New Orleans, being in New Orleans, is there is a real strong sense, a real strong love for the city, even despite sometimes bad politics, even despite sometimes uh, uh, corrupt politicians or uh, things of that nature, still there's a great, great love for the city of New Orleans. It's quite unique, quite unique. Now, now i got to find another place like this 
uh, in the in the United States. I think in a lot of ways we still kind of carry over some of the uh, elements of the European culture, right? Because we were founded, we were populated originally uh, by Fran- from France and, and, and Spain, folks from France and Spain. So anyway, we are uh, approaching a break here. we got another great float that's passing by. Still haven't seen Father Peter yet, but you're listening to the Catholic Foodie Show right here on Redbox Media. we got to take a break. We'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to the Catholic Foodie Show. I'm Jeff Young, your host, the Catholic Foodie. I certainly hope that you enjoyed being on the parade route uh, with me. Uh, that was, I want to catch you up here. I want to catch you up because I'm doing some time travel. <laughs> we started the show uh, with uh, actually being on Sunday because I wanted to bring you along to the Toth and Bacchus parades that uh, just part of our family tradition, what we do every year. And, uh, and, and and we did that. That's what you heard in the very first part of the show. Uh, now today is actually Lundy Gras. That's right. It is actually Monday right now as I'm speaking to you in this segment. Uh, I'm kind of going to follow up with you on the parades, give you a little bit more background on the parades. Uh, it was kind of a crazy, it was wonderful. Don't get me wrong. Wonderful uh, parade, but it's very difficult to produce a full show <laughs> on the parade route. So uh, we're, we are following up here uh, back in the Catholic Foodie Studios. You know, I wanted to kind of uh, catch you up on, on that. You know, this, this past year, or I should say this year, when it comes to carnival, when it comes to the parades, um, it, it's been a bit different for us. Normally, we are down there in New Orleans on uh, uh, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. You know, Sunday uh, being Toth Parade in the afternoon, Bacchus in the at night. You have Proteus that runs right before Bacchus uh, in the evening. And we would, you know, we didn't do that. See, that's the thing. We did not do that yesterday. Uh, that's, that's our normal tradition. However, um, with the baby and also with, uh, with myself, <laughs> you know, getting a little bit, you know, uh, I don't know. It's just, I'm, it's just different for whatever reason. I don't know if it's just the fact that I've been working so hard recently, whatever it may be. Um, I, I was tired. I was just very tired. And so we got to the point of six o'clock in the, well, five, five o'clock in the evening, we were kind of hangry. You know, we hadn't had breakfast or lunch other than a donut on the way across the lake to get to New Orleans for the parade. And and we were hungry. All five of us were hungry. The baby, we had her covered. She had her bottles and all that. But the rest of us, we were getting kind of hangry and uh, we needed to find something to eat. So uh, about five o'clock, once the, the, the street kind of cleared at where we were on Magazine Street, we went down and had a pizza, two pizzas uh, over at Slice in New on Magazine Street. It's it's an amazing, you ought to check the pictures out. I, I have them posted over at uh, catholicfoodie.com or over on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash catholicfoodie. These things were huge. They were monsters. I had no idea they were going to be so big. I have been to Slice before, but I picked it up to go and it was a couple of years ago. I didn't remember how big these things really are. And they were, they were wonderful. Very, very good pizza. I was very happy with them. And the kids were, uh, were really, uh, they, they, they loved it. Again, we were all hangry and needed to eat. So it was a very good uh, thing to do. However, once we were done eating, you look around the table and you see all the, the tired faces, the tired and full faces. And it's like, you know what? We don't want to fight the traffic to get over to where we would need to be to catch Bacchus. Um, 
and, and go through the ordeal of trying to find another parking spot because parking's always an issue when you go to, uh, to the parades in New Orleans. So what are we going to do? Why don't we just go home, eat some ice cream, watch a movie, and, uh, and get, get rested up to come back to Orpheus, you know, for Lundy Gras. So that was the, uh, that was the plan. That's what we did yesterday. It's a little different. It's not the norm, but it was a lot of fun. And uh, here we are, Lundy Gras. And believe it or not, we're actually talking about not going to, uh, to Orpheus. <laughs> so like I said, this is a very different year for us. I think it's just we have so much going on. And, uh, you know, I, 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 after producing this show today, I've got to go back to the office and I have a lot of work to do. So it's going to be, you know, it's just a busy day. So we're going to do something a little bit different. You know, Orpheus is a be- probably one of the most beautiful parades for Mardi Gras here in New Orleans. Uh, the pageantry, this just just can't be beat. I mean, even some of the other really big parades, the lo- the older parades, the ones that have been around for a long time. Uh, I'm thinking of, uh, well, Zulu and Rex, of course, on Mardi Gras Day, but also Endymion on Saturday night, the, the Saturday before Fat Tuesday, uh, Bacchus. Uh, all these other parades are, are wonderful and the floats are beautiful, but there's just something about the, the beauty and the pageantry of Orpheus that kind of outshines them all, in my humble opinion. And I think a lot of it just has to do with the, the eye and the, the, the creativity uh, that Harry Connick Jr. brings to a parade. You know, he's the one who started uh, the Orpheus Parade on Monday. Uh, Lundy Gras, we call it, Fat Monday. And uh, it's just, it's gorgeous. It's always a music-themed parade. And it's just a lot of fun. So I want to give you, again, kind of a sneak peek here of what is this all about. I do have a couple of sound clips, video clips, that I'm going to play for you about Mardi Gras itself, about the parade experience, what it's like to be at a parade, some things you have to kind of keep in mind when you go to a parade in New Orleans, because it's totally different than going to a parade anywhere else in the United States for sure, and possibly even the world. I mean, come on now, we throw things from the floats, okay? (laughs) If you go to Zulu on... um, Mardi Gras day, very early in the morning, eight o'clock, it starts rolling. Uh, Zulu throws coconuts, believe it or not. And I've got some shows, podcast shows uh, that I've done over the years about the Zulu uh, parade. But right now I do want to play a couple of clips. The first one is going to be, is very short. It is just a, a background, a kind of a how-to guide when you talk about going to the parades for Mardi Gras, any of the parades. It had to be Mardi Gras Day. could be any of the days. But this is from my friends over at GoNola.com. They produced this. This is Flirty Girl is uh, the, the hostess here. And uh, let's take a listen to her advice for going to the parades Mardi Gras in New Orleans. Mardi Gras is the greatest free show on earth. But if you've never done it before, there might be some things you'll want to know before heading out. So we've all come together, the people that have lived here forever, to tell you how we do Mardi Gras. Definitely wear comfortable shoes. Best advice I can give is, is you make sure you find a, a, a bathroom. Definitely tell them it's a marathon, not a sprint. You should do alcohol, water, alcohol, water. Pace yourself. It's a long ride. Bring something to pitch your breathing. Hey, 
have a great time. I'm Flirty Girl, that wraps up another edition of Go NOLA TV, and we'll see you next time, darling. <laughs> they do such a great job. They do, and I'm going to uh, include this uh, this video clip over at CatholicFoodie.com, the show notes uh, for this particular show at CatholicFoodie.com. And, and it's right. I mean, you know, Mardi Gras brings in every year an average of 1.4 million people to the parades. That's why your streets are closed. That's why uh, bathrooms are such an issue. When you go to a parade, it's, it's like for miles long, you have people on either side of the street. Um, sometimes, depends on the parade, but sometimes, you know, 10 to 20 feet to, I don't know, to, to 10 to 20 yards back on either side, thick, you know, full of people. And that's just, that's a lot of people. And, and, and as people, you know, we all have to go to the bathroom. And so that's an issue. And uh, one of the things we love about going to some of the parades that we go to every year is that we always have a place to go. We have people that we're meeting there. We have uh, typically food available and, and a place to go to the bathroom. That's a big, especially if you have kids, you know, over at, you know, at the Toad Parade yesterday, I did take some pictures. Uh, Father Peter did end up coming by. He was a couple of floats uh, after uh, after that last sound clip that I played for you, that, that I recorded for you there at the parade. And uh, he threw a bunch of stuff to us. I got a video of it. It's going to be over at catholicfoodie.com too if you want to see that. You can't see his face because all the riders have their, they're all masked. 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 That's what they are. They have masks on. <laughs> So you can find that. You can see him throwing doubloons and, and, and a bunch of bees and a stuffed animal and all that uh, to us as he passed by. That was a lot of fun. It was great to see him. It's great to to, to have a, a, a parochial vicar, a, a priest in our parish who is just so uh, enamored with our culture here and with, uh, um, I, I don't know, that, that's the point, I think. And that's what I was trying to get across yesterday on the parade route is that Mardi Gras really is a family event. I've got pictures I posted on Instagram and, and Facebook to kind of help to show that, you know, that, that it is a family event. And, and that's a big deal because the media doesn't tend to portray it that way. I do have another clip. I'm going to see if I have time to play this. I don't. I'm going to have to wait till till after the break to play this particular uh, clip. Let me see about the other one here. Uh, crew of Bacchus. Bacchus was last night. That's a big deal. I think I have just enough time. I don't have just enough time. Uh, let me see if I can make this work. No, I can't because we don't have time to do it. But I will play it uh, after the break for sure. So what we have right now uh, is the parade schedule. So today today is Lundi Gras. We have the Orpheus Parade tonight, the big, big deal, a beautiful parade. I'm so sorry we're going to miss it. It's just too much on our plates. But we are, you know, typically we like to do on Fat Tuesday itself, we like to go to... Uh, Zulu, if we can, it's an early parade. It's very early. And when we're at Orpheus on Monday night and we don't get home till 11 or 12 o'clock at night, it's really hard to get up and get ready, get out the door, get back to New Orleans on the parade route with all the traffic in time for an eight o'clock parade. So sometimes that doesn't happen. But Rex, which is the king, right, of Mardi Gras, rolls right after Zulu on Fat Tuesday. And that's usually where we are. They start rolling at 10. And so we go to a 
place in New Orleans where we will, uh, by the time we get there, we're, we're sure to catch it. You know, it's going to pass by. It doesn't pass by until, you know, it starts rolling at 10, but it may not get to us till say 11 or 12. We'll see. And then after that, in New Orleans, you have truck floats, just regular rigs that run, and they run for hours. So not as beautiful, but they still throw in beads. It's a lot of fun, a lot of good music, things like that. So we do have to take a break, folks. You're listening to the Catholic Foodie Show here on Breadbox Media. Don't go away. We'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to the Catholic Foodie Show. I'm Jeff Young, your host. So glad that you were listening today on this beautiful Lundi Gras. Uh, We are talking Lundi Gras and Mardi Gras. Of course, that's what's going on here in New Orleans. I wanted to give you a couple, play a couple of sound clips here for you. Again, trying to give you more of a, a, a background of what this is all about, why this is the way it is, how it works, what to expect if you ever come down here for Mardi Gras and what it's all about, and the fact that it really is a family event, right? There are some segments of the city, especially in the French Quarter, Bourbon Street in particular, where you're going to have a lot of craziness going on, a lot of things happening that you probably don't want your kids around, but uh, the rest of it, especially uptown, especially on St. Charles Avenue, a little further up, it is all about family. And big, big family events. And uh, so I want to play a few things here to give you, again, this sense of what it's all about. What is the the background here? This is a news story that ran uh, the week prior. It was on January 25th. This is WDSU, local news channel here in New Orleans, talking about the crew of Bacchus, right? The Bacchus parade was last night, the big uh, ball after the parade, the big party last night. Uh, And this was a, a week or so out before the, a couple of weeks before the parade, the crew of Bacchus had a big uh, event. It was a family event. All these people, 2,000 people invited. And it was a, a celebration where they kind of unveiled the theme, the floats. Uh, everybody got to preview the floats, a lot of food, live music. And so the captain of the crew of Bacchus is going to be interviewed here on WDSU. Let's, let's take a listen. Clark Brennan, the captain of the crew of Bacchus, grew up in a Mardi Gras family. My father, Pip Brennan, and several other businessmen started Bacchus in 1968. And it was a, it was a new parade. It was uh, the biggest parade at the time. And that's how we evolved from those great men and, and their vision of bringing a wonderful parade and more people to the city of New Orleans. Clark was excited to host an open house on Sunday for the crew members and their families. Several thousand people enjoyed live music, good food, and fun activities for the kids. But the highlight of the event was to showcase its floats for this year's Mardi Gras parade themed Flights of Delights. We have, as I said, 1,400 riders and we have 31 floats in Bacchus. Bacchus was one of the first parades to involve everyone and it was quickly called the Super Crew because it had bigger floats and more members. All of the floats in the den are stripped and rethemed every year with a team of artists who spends months designing, building and assembling the enormous floats you see here. Well, you don't really get to see the floats when they're coming by and this is the best time to really see all the work that goes into them and it just gets you, you know, ready for the season. And the king of Bacchus is New Orleans native and actor Anthony Mackie. He's best known for his role as Falcon in the movie Captain America. The one thing that I thought was so great was that we were able to, Anthony was able to be our king, but also it shows the richness in our culture here in New Orleans through the arts, music, creativity, and he's another great success story 
that takes a part of us, part of New Orleans, part of Louisiana, with him everywhere he goes in the world. And it's a king like Mackie and floats like these that makes Mardi Gras an enjoyable experience for everyone. I'm Vera Reyna for WDSU News. So there you have it, a little sneak peek behind what goes on in the making of uh, the parade itself, putting the parade together, what it's all about. And uh, what I love about it, again, is what you have to understand is that it's a it's a it's an industry, right? It's an industry. It's if you've got one point four million on average coming into New Orleans for these parades, right? Attending these parades. Some of those part of that number is locals. Right. When you look at at the something like a city of New Orleans, which is a uh, what do they call it? Uh, a hospitality city, right? The, 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 the industry, the, the main industry in New Orleans is the hospitality industry. It's the restaurants, it's the hotels, it's all of that, right? It's great for conventions. A lot of conventions happen in here all year round. And you have a lot of hotels in the city. And right now, this year, they said they have a, a 97% fill rate. So 97% of the hotels are full or at capacity, right? 97% capacity, right now, this year for Mardi Gras. In the past, typically it's, it's, it's usually 95% or higher full. And uh, this year they said it's 97. So uh, it's a big deal and a lot of money being made. A lot of, a lot of this money into the local economy here. It's a, it's a very big deal for the city of New Orleans and the state of Louisiana. And uh, you have a whole uh, 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 industry that that's built up around this event, this event that really is 10 days worth of parades because it's two weekends back to back, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that's four. And then for Mardi, Lundi Gras, Mardi Gras are two days, right? So that's, that's 10 days total of parades that take place. And some of these floats, by the way, are used in multiple parades. There are some floats that will be shipped or trans, uh, transferred from one location to another for different parades on different days. So there, there's some recycling going on here. And they may even change the name of the float uh, to fit the the theme, but because of the decorations, they, they, it just works. And so that that is one thing that happens. But uh, you have a company, and I'm going to try to pull this up right here if I can, uh, you do have a company, Kern Studios, that basically their whole job, what they do is they build and design floats. And they do this uh, every year. All these floats are redone every year. And it's 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 a full-time business. It's, it's, it runs year-round. So once this carnival season is going to end, which will end tomorrow at midnight, uh, they start again. After Ash Wednesday, they start again. They're working on the floats for next year. And so a lot of that has to do with, you know, the, the different themes that are decided upon by the different crews. And so the whole creative process of coming up with a theme. This is a very intriguing uh, little video. I'm going to post it at catholicfoodie.com, but very intriguing video and sound clip you can listen to right now that is going to give you that sneak peek, which is something that's new for me. I, I don't see this on a regular basis, even going to the to parades. Uh, this is the behind the scenes of how they actually make these floats and come up with the designs, the ideas, the creativity, and then given the final product and what that is all about. We're going to take a step into the studios, uh, the Kern studios where all the magic happens. It's kind of like Disney world, right? Getting to go, behind the scenes into the imagineering. It's kind of like that. Let's let's take a listen. People will tell you, well, you know, Mardi Gras started here or we were the first Mardi Gras. New Orleans, we've really perfected it. Everybody in New Orleans, everybody who's part of this city has a part of Mardi Gras. 
Maxwell World Kern Studios is a business that was started three generations ago by my grandfather in 1932. He built a float on the back of a garbage wagon, and basically a company got built from that, from one float in one parade to hundreds of floats and hundreds of parades every year. We've got a year-round staff of people that are always working on the next parades. We have the best artists, and the best designers, and the best sculptors. My mom started working here when I was seven years old. So I kind of grew up here. And then after I graduated LSU in 2010, I started full-time sculpting big props. We've got thousands of props and figures and things that we're in the middle of building and doing at all times. So it's a constant process of planning and challenging ourselves to really do better this year than we did last year. When my mom started working here, I mean, there were still a lot of like cardboard and chicken wire props being made. That was only 20 years ago. Now it's like mostly styrofoam. That's like, I think, a really big evolution because because of that, we can make a lot more big things quickly. And each year for the New Orleans parades alone, hundreds of floats have to be designed and built. What's gonna make the best parade? What makes the best impact? What's gonna excite the people on the streets the most? I am making the boogeyman right now for Orpheus. All you're going to see on the float is going to be teeth and eyes and claws. Each parade crew, they come up with their own theme for the year. I'll get the sketch, blow it up onto a four inch thick sheet of styrofoam. Then I'll just do as many silhouettes as I need to get the thickness. After that, it's just a matter of chipping away at it. After that, it gets sent to paper mache. Just regular brown craft paper, flour and water mixture. Cover the entire prop with that. If you don't, then the paint will eat away at the styrofoam. Also, it just doesn't look good. Then it moves over to the painters and they'll paint it white, blank canvas, add basic colors, then go and add final details. For me, I don't really get to look at a parade the way everybody else does, because I'm always looking at, okay, is it running on time? Is this moving well enough? Are those lights all on? But I can see, when I am out there, I see how the people react. Anytime I see someone say, wow, that looks really cool, like, that's, that's really nice. Because you put blood, sweat, and tears into these things. It's like, from nothing, I'm bringing forth these 10-foot tall things. Just seeing that it's appreciated, it's really nice. It's not a regular nine to five job, that's for sure. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And uh, again, a video uh, from gonola.com. I love the work these folks do, and a lot of it is, is really about bringing the tradition and history of New Orleans to the rest of the world and, and trying to, to share the uh, unique, the uniqueness that is, that is us. <laughs> I don't know how else to say that, but there's a lot of unique things down here in New Orleans. And, uh, and that's about it, folks. We are uh, wrapping up uh, the show. Uh, I, I certainly hope that, uh, that you've enjoyed this. Uh, I know that uh, it's always a big time for us celebrating Mardi Gras. And of course, what is the whole point behind Mardi Gras? It, it's Lent. <laughs> <laughs> it's Lent. So uh, tomorrow, Mardi Gras Day, we hope to uh, enjoy the parades. We're going to try something a little bit different. We're, we're probably not going to be, as I said earlier, this is a, a weird year. You know, we're doing things a little bit differently. We we ended up not staying for Bacchus. We're, we're, we're not planning on going to Orpheus tonight just because uh, it just seems to be too much. We got the baby, you know, just 
it, it's late night. And But we are thinking of tomorrow going to the parades in Metairie, which is a suburb of New Orleans, a little bit outside of New Orleans. Big parades run there all day. Uh, it's a totally different feel. But the Daughters of St. Paul are going to be out there. I love hanging out with those nuns. So I think we'll be doing that uh, tomorrow. And uh, that'll be a lot of fun. And then Ash Wednesday. I hope to be back to have a show for you on Ash Wednesday. Thank you so much for listening. You know, this is the Catholic Foodie Show on Breadbox Media. I'm your host, Jeff Young. Thank you so much. And until tomorrow, bon appetit.